you ever bought a house or even a car? Remember that giant stack of paperwork? Paperwork you thought would never end. I'm your host, Valerie Borgman, and this week we're looking at the senior living community move-in paperwork. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip from our guest. You're listening to our doable tips, short answers to your questions. Don't see your question listed? Send us a note. Then don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an answer. Hi, and welcome to the show. It can seem like endless signing when you buy a house or a car, and you're sitting there hoping that you're not signing your life away. (laughs) And who actually even reads all of those pages anyway? We've talked in the past about how most people really don't want to think about moving to assisted living. And the families that we work with, they're not usually just looking for a community. They're also dealing with healthcare issues. Many are actually providing care while working full-time and raising their children. So when families have finally made the decision to move mom to a senior living community, they've chosen the perfect place. Well, they're sometimes overwhelmed by Yes, you guessed it, the giant stack of paperwork. At the very least, it can come as a bit of a surprise, and at the worst, it can be very overwhelming. It's hard not to wonder if you're missing something when you're faced with pages and pages of paperwork, especially when it comes to senior living, which can be really expensive. It's a big financial investment. So, This week, we're going to talk about what you can expect in the move-in paperwork, clear up a couple of misconceptions families we've worked with have had, and hopefully when the time comes, make it a little bit more doable. So let's start with the most asked question we get. Is it a lease? Are we committing to a year, for example? And of course, families are asking this because This is what we're used to when it comes to renting a regular apartment. Well, the answer is no. While most communities do require a 30-day notice when you want to move out, you're not committing to any specific length of time. Last week's episode was all about moving out and giving notice, so I'll put a link to that episode in show notes so you can learn a little bit more about that 30-day notice and how that works. Now, paperwork can differ from community to community, but many states actually regulate what goes into that paperwork. So you might find that if you've moved from one community to another, that the paperwork is basically the same. The details are really what's going to differ. So are you ready? Here's a basic list of what you might find in move-in paperwork. The main paperwork will contain the usual legalese that you might find in any contract, including what to do if you have a disagreement with the community. Most are going to say mediation. How billing works, rate increases, the monthly fee that you're agreeing to pay, the community's Medicaid policy, the community fee, 
a list of any additional fees, including how meals and housekeeping works. For example, some communities only include one meal per day, and there would be fees involved if you wanted to eat in the dining room, other meals. An emergency contact form, office hours, move in and move out procedures, the procedure for giving that 30-day notice that we talked about, the POLST form. Now, you may already have this form. This is basically a do not resuscitate form. And we have an episode specifically about this form that I'll have a link to in show notes as well. What you can and can't do to the apartment. For example, you can usually hang pictures, wall mount a TV, but you might have to negotiate painting a different color. You'll be asked for a copy of IDs, driver's license, insurance cards. There may be additional paperwork pertaining to on-site salon or other services. If you're moving into assisted living or memory care, you can expect more paperwork. (laughs) Doctor's orders. This may or may not be something that you'll be in charge of obtaining. This form goes to your loved one's primary care physician. They'll fill it out with any diagnoses and a list of medications. Forms for any visiting doctors, such as podiatrist, and for the pharmacy the community works with. This paperwork will be specific to each physician. And think of it like the paperwork you have to fill out when you go to a new doctor. So this could be several pages per physician. And on a side note, you usually have the ability to keep your own doctors and pharmacies and not use theirs. So that's definitely a question you'll want to ask. The care plan and care costs, a list of supplies that may or may not be provided and charged for, for example, depends, gloves, and wipes. And for memory care, a list of items you may or may not be allowed to bring to memory care. For example, some communities don't allow live plants. A list of items you're actually going to bring, (laughs) so kind of like a log, and that those items be labeled with your loved one's initials or name. So, are you overwhelmed yet? (laughs) That's a lot of paperwork. And the paperwork meeting usually takes about an hour or longer if you have questions. If you haven't been through one of these yet, you can see why it can be a little overwhelming. You can ask for the paperwork up front to review it and fill out as much of it as possible before move-in day. Usually families have questions, and I just recommend if you're going to do it before move-in day on your own, keep a stack of sticky notes for any questions that you have, and as you're going, just put those questions, those sticky notes, right in the paperwork. You also want to be aware that you may have negotiated certain terms with the marketing director the person who gave you the tour, but you might be sitting down to sign paperwork with the executive director. So it's entirely possible that they didn't get the memo about what you negotiated. So if you negotiated certain terms, you'll want to pay very close attention to the paperwork where those numbers are and where those procedures are. So if you negotiated painting, you want to make sure that everyone writes in what you negotiated signs, or initials. Another example, maybe the community has a policy that requires two years of private pay funding before they accept Medicaid. Their paperwork is going to say two years, but maybe you negotiated it down to one year. So you want to make sure that that's changed in the paperwork. 
And on a final and very important note, it might go without saying, but get a copy of everything you signed. And you might have just said to yourself, well, Valerie, of course I would do that. (laughs) But I can tell you we've worked with countless families who either didn't get a copy or can't find their copy. And no matter how great things seem in the beginning, you just never know what could happen, what disagreements could come up, especially when it comes to finances. So hopefully this week's episode will help you be a little bit more prepared for that move-in paperwork. Today's episode is brought to you by ClearPath Senior Living Solutions. ClearPath helps families find assisted living, memory care, and other resources. Find our contact information in today's show notes. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details, including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable. Thank you.